0: You are listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics, Episode 29. <laughs> heard you missed us we're back it's 11 o'clock comics got my pencil give me something to write on episode 29 here we are dangling book
1: well yeah my pencil
0: that's right let's see as i'm doing the van halen thing it's amazing the things that you retain after all these years but yeah i'm back david's back and i'm vince b
1: i'm christopher naisman it's the all obama cast oh no (laughs) (laughs) we (laughs) got
0: You bastard!
2: I'm um, David Price. Wait a minute. Are we missing someone? What is he still drooling over that Deadpool image? I,
1: I think I, don't he, know. I think he's still looking at. Uh, at, <laughs> at I
2: think he hit, He probably hit the mute button.
1: Sorry, I was in the. Uh,
3: yeah, I had I hit the mute button by accident. Uh, this, uh, which, uh, this excellent this time the, to
2: do it. Yeah, that's, This is
3: the uh,
1: new head of the EPA, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Jason wood. Back again.
1: Come on, admit it. You were you were just staring at that sweet ass Deadpool sketch that I I can't even call it a sketch that uh, that Jeff Lemire did for you, aren't you? I am engorged and tingling right now.
0: All right, mm. tell, tell them about let everybody in on the the deal. What's going on here?
1: Um, uh, Jeff Lemire, uh, artist, writer, creator extraordinaire from uh, from Toronto, was kind enough to come in for the Windy City show a couple weeks ago, and he brought presents for all of the eleven o'clock crew and uh, and I've been a, a right bastard for not getting them uh, uh, put in the mail yet. So I uh, I emailed. Uh, images and once you guys uh, um, tell everyone what you got from from Jeff, Vince.
0: I got a Commandy, my favorite character of all time.
1: Uh, David,
2: Grendel in the form of Hunter Rose,
1: and you know obviously Wood. It's that was an easy one. Yeah, baby, I got a, a Deadpool, the Merc with the Mouth, and I and I got a Hellboy. So it was yeah. awesome. They're they're all absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'll uh, I'll get some better uh, some better images and shoot them over to uh, to Mr. Price. We can get them up on uh, get them up on the website. They're on awesome. Fancy, and,
3: uh, it, took this picture on your fancy granite kitchen countertop. It looks like just, huh? it
2: looks like the bathroom though with the tile. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was on the bathroom floor. Nice. Out. Right after I peed on him. <laughs> the bruin it's Andy, art. It's
2: Andy art. Warhol would
1: be it's proud. True. Just pee on him a little bit. <laughs>
0: what kind of what kind of guys would be would we be if we complained about not getting our free stuff promptly? That's just true. not. It's not right. It's not right. Really the fact that you got them for us at all, and the fact that Jeff did them, that's just amazing. Hey, yeah, take,
1: yeah. It was it was yeah, such a such a great guy. So uh, I hope he had a great time in Chicago, um, the center of the political universe. Okay.
0: <laughs> you, it, on this show, we have a separation of comics and state. So let's just <laughs> keep it keep it comics and go out there and buy Jeff Lemire's books if you haven't already. They are so true, fantastic.
1: So, should we uh, Should we get to the the drink roll call? Tonight?
0: Sure, sure. We should
1: go uh, it, Okay, Venture, yeah. are you drinking... Is it yingling? I'm, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm drinking something to compliment my beautiful yingling lager notebook graciously provided to us by Mr. Wet Rats. Yes, I'm drinking yingling again. <laughs> N- nothing to be ashamed of. It's good stuff.
1: All right. Uh, Mr. Price, what are you uh, sipping on this evening? Uh,
2: I came home and I had some... Uh, some Italian food, so I figured I'll have some wine to go with it, so I'm having some white Merlot.
1: There you go. And Mr. Wood? I am drinking some Lynchburg Lemonade. Mmm. Did you make it yourself? Or- yes. Yes, of good course. Man. Awesome. Awesome. Good Awesome. So good for those
3: man. playing at home that have never had the fine concoction, it's basically JD, some sweet and sour mix, a little bit of triple sec, and Sprite to taste.
2: Awesome. Triple sec, That's yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm having this week, uh, a black widow. And that is, uh, uh, three ounces of vanilla vodka, uh, two ounces of, uh, espresso, and a half an ounce of, uh, sambuca. shaken, um, shaken mm. sh- and, and served up in a martini glass. So that, um, uh, that will be part of a, a comic shots article. I think it's coming out this week. I'm trying to get back on a regular schedule again, so it'll be either this week or next week. But uh if you wanna if you wanna check out uh uh the comic book recommendation that goes with my drinking head on over to iFanboy, which you should you should do that anyway and uh check out all the great content that they have over there. So there you go. That's, These words uh, he
0: speaks are true.
1: Anything with coffee and it's good. I, I I like I like alcoholic coffee drinks. This is a little is a little, little odd though. With the I, I don't know about sandwich. anything
0: coffee enema. I'm not thinking that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: eh, don't knock it till you try it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of enemas, okay. Will while me. we're on, while we're on the subject, I remember a little while back I did a uh, piece on Ghost Talker's Daydream Volume One. I was kind of middle of the road about it. Yeah, vaguely. Matt, it's it's a manga, so you were probably you know, it's there printed on death paper as far as you're concerned. <laughs> so but I did I was kinda middle of the road on it, it wasn't so great, but it had a lot of potential. I got the second volume, read it, that potential's being realized. And there's a a, a sequence in there with an enema. Really cool, really hot sequence. So Stunning. if if you're into bondage, enemas and who isn't? Be- right, uh, you know, beautifully rendered uh, manga babes. Uh, get the second volume, Ghost Talker's Daydream. It's it's obscene, excessive, brutal. It's nuts, but you got to get it. It's very good. So let's get into the regular comic talk here. I just think the thing about the anima just got me all woo, perked up my ears. <sighs> I'm sorry.
3: This Deadpool sketch that that you that you have bestowed upon me via Jeff Lemire has has made my saved my comics week because as you guys know, for a few weeks I was talking up the Wild Pig sale Mm -hmm. and I was looking very much forward to it and was all set to go and uh, buy some comics and trades and what happened? Babysitting fell through.
0: It's always the case, man. Usually it's
3: not a problem, but my wife had a baby shower to go to for one of her good friends and kind of far away from us, so there was no way. She had to be there at noon, which is exactly when the Wild Pig sale starts and although it's a all weekend sale. You really, I think, got to be there at the open because that's when you know all the inventory is there. It's first come, first serve. So I uh, got to wait at least another six months before I can get my hands on some fifty cent, fifty percent off goodness. But this uh, this Deadpool makes up for it.
0: There you go. <laughs> but I mean, when you think about it, how many comics do we really need? It, it, we buy so much. To begin all of with, them? well, yeah, I know, but he, he, you can't you can't really be down on the fact that you missed a sale when you have as much as you do. I mean, I'm sure you'll make up for it next time, buddy.
3: Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's fifty. It, 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 normally, is, there's always comics to buy, but fifty percent off. I mean, you know how we are. We're all suckers. Sure. We're all collectors. That's right. So fifty percent off is is like. You know, it's like slinging crack rock. It's, uh, it's too good to pass up. It's like a and, it's, enema. It's,
2: it's something he was anticipating. I mean, it's not like <laughs> yeah, someone called exactly. him up and said, hey, you know, there's a sale going on. You want to hit the store? And he's like, he thought about it. This was something he had planned for a while. So I can I can definitely feel that punch to the gut where something you were looking forward to ain't,
3: ain't <laughs> happening. Plus, uh, for a friend, uh, Tiki. Tim Rackrich, you know, he's always on us to support the local comic shops, and I'm usually pretty hard on him about that because I get the lion's share of my comics, as I think you guys do, at least Vince does. uh, Through the internet? Oh, through through the internet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, (laughs) so I like to go to Wild Pig because they're an LCS that deserves support. And uh, so again, I kind of, uh, you know, I did get a chance to give Chris a, a few hundred of my dollars, so I'll have to hang on for another six months, and I'll be back in.
0: You'll be all right. Anybody pick
3: up their books today?
1: No. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great no. week. Couple great of yeses, especially especially for trades. It was a great week.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, tell me what I have coming because it'll be. I'll probably have the stuff coming next week in uh DCB. BPRD
1: 1946, which if you have not read it, is awesome. The uh, um, the great experiment in comics. Uh, Freak Angels. Yeah, the, uh, the trade for Freak Angels mm-hmm. came out today, which uh, I think that'll be a really interesting uh, case study in in putting something out on the web for free and then uh, packaging it in a trade. Uh, the The Last Defenders came out today, which I'm looking forward to reading. I heard some great stuff about it. I like um, it right, And uh, the Unmen Volume Two yeah. came out today. Um, what else am I missing?
0: It's an, uh, omnibus tomb of dracula
1: nice now we're talking yes yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: there there was also a slipcased conan volume at uh, uh, our local what? shop i don't think it was comics though i didn't really get a, a good look at it but uh it looked uh pretty neat there was something else too i can't
1: remember uh, Watch- watching the watchman came out today the- yeah that was there that- it's a, it's a great book of, of uh, if you're a fan of Dave Gibbons' art, this is a, a must-have. It basically, I, I flipped through it, and it looks like it has um, tons and tons of breakdown pages and uh, original like character sketches, and it, it looks like an amazing companion piece to, uh, to The Watchmen.
0: And a, and a relatively inexpensive price for a volume of that size and, and thickness. It's like 40 bucks, right? That's, that's pretty cheap for a book that big. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So,
3: what did getting, you get, Vince?
0: I, I picked up my usual stuff, but the DC books in particular, there's something really, I'm um, not strange, but it's, it was very surprising to me because, like Chris, I've done layout for a lot of years, and what DC has done is they have pushed the DC Nation page back from the, the last page to the second pa- last page. They've split the page vertically, right down the middle. See. Ha- half of the page is the DC Nation page, and half of the page is an ad, which means the last page of your story is now bumped to the, in, to the inside page, next to the, the inside back cover. Wow. So, yeah, and I, I, when I, immediately when I saw that, I said, Mr. Price is not going to be pleased with this.
1: Wait, <sighs> no, I'm looking at uh, uh, JSA, which came out today. Uh, and
0: unfortunately, that was not one of the ones I got. Okay. It, they did it to Terra, number one. They did it to the Adventure Comics special with the Guardian.
1: I got that. Mm. Hold on. It, it, oh, it's, and yeah, the, the, we talked about it last, last week. You're a bastard for getting me to uh, read Superman because I'm absolutely loving all oh, of
0: it. hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <So> good. <laughs> and, but, you know, I, and, and like I said... Having done lots of layout, I know why they did it, and you can't knock somebody who's trying to make a little bit of scratch from advertising, especially in a, in a medium that doesn't pull in a whole lot of advertisers like comics, so I can't fault them for it, but it's just a little bit strange. It's, 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 it puts a nice speed bump in, in my flow when I'm reading the thing, mm-hmm. that, that you have to, but in, in, uh, on you- the plus side though, it does, Add a little bit more impact to that last page.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is. I, I'm not to rail on you. I think you're you're picking nits a little bit. Oh no, I'm
0: not. It's not something that I find offensive, or yeah. it, it didn't detract for the book from the book at all. I just find I, it a little a little bit different.
1: Uh, oh no, change! I can hear Tom oh. right oh, now. Oh, <laughs>
0: there we go. <laughs>
1: thank, yep. thank you. No, I actually kind of like the last page being on the last page. So really, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I like uh, the, the last page on the last
0: page. Maybe, well, and I don't maybe. mind it. It's just, I, as, as as the first time I saw it, I said, wow, that's something new, you know? A little bit odd formatting, too. They It's not really split in the middle. They gave, it's about a uh, 60-40, but it's just different. And I am one for different, mm. but I wanted to alert Mr. Price to the fact. <laughs> <laughs>
4: morning, 11 o'clock comics. Well, it's evening for you guys, but it's morning when I'm calling this in. I was just calling because, you know, I was checking out this week's um, Rich Johnson flying in the gutters, you know, over at the Comic Book Resources, and uh, it had a little interest, in fact, and I figured I'd call and, call and get you guys talking about it, maybe if you guys haven't heard of it yet. But um, since you guys always are always bringing up the price of comics, and that's really been a big factor lately, and it's going to be a really, really huge factor... Rich Johnson took the took the time and effort to show what inflation would be like on comics, considering that we used to. Well, a lot of you guys, when you were younger, bought comics when they were 30 cents or 75 cents. Whenever I started, so Rich Johnson took that 30 cents comics and he um, he allowed inflation for it, and he showed inflation throughout the years. You know, from comics being 30 cents to 50 cents to 75 cents to a dollar, dollar ten. You know what I mean? all the way up to, all the way up to, to now, and according to his inflation chart, well, U.S. inflation chart, um, comics should only be around a buck or so, yeah, a little more than a buck, and, um, and, you know, I understand, I understand the whole point of, uh, you know, the paper quality's better, card stock, you know, stuff like that, uh, all this digital high fancy coloring, and, top artist salaries and stuff like that, but you know, think about that. $4 a comic starting in January from Marvel compared to a little over a dollar. I, I've been a steady, steady comic fan for all my life. I never went away, never, never disappeared and came back. I've always been there through the good times, through the bad times. And with the way DC and Marvel are flooding the market right now with books, over the past couple months, I've slowly had to reduce my um, My my previous order in January's order is going to be a major chopping block. I hate to say it, you know, for the first time, I'm seriously looking at my books and wondering, you know, what don't I need? What don't I want? Because uh, I'm sorry, but $4 is a hell of a lot to pay. When you have kids, you have work, you have gas. I am buried in bills, That economy being what it is, you know. I love my hobby. I love getting my books, but, you know, come on, Four dollars a comic, you are out of their freaking minds. You know, I'll, I'll pick up my I'll pick up my core monthly books that I I can't go a month a month without reading. But yeah, it looks like it's it's gonna be a major trade conversion time coming up soon. Um, was that a downer? No, go check out the article on the Lion in the Gutters. It's a it's really funny and it's really jaw dropping. I guess if you look at it. Anyway, pick it up, guys. Um, it's supposed to be a good week in comic, so hopefully we'll see. Thumbs are raised. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good
3: day. When you said that you had something to talk about uh, with DC, I, I figured you were actually going to talk about something else, which was the decision uh, announced this week that they are canceling. i oh, sorry about that. <laughs>
1: oh, Hold on. Let me turn my mute off. <laughs> oh, on. are going to the dog. And he's freaking out.
3: Uh, so I, I think you read you read at least a few of those bat books, don't you, Vince? No. Uh, night, nightwing, <laughs>
0: Birds of Prey, or Robin? No. I used to. I used to mm-hmm. buy them religiously. I, I, in fact, I have like, I, uh, geez, whatever Robin's up to now, I probably have 80% of that run. Okay. But if, for whatever reason, and
3: I wasn't digging them, so I dropped them. When did you give them up? Around one more? About one year later? That type of thing? or
0: No, I actually bought them from one year later. It was probably after one year later that I just said, you know, that's about enough of that.
2: I think I stopped around enough. Cataclysm. Really? When, when is that? I don't. Is that that? That's about uh, uh, the
0: nineties, early
2: two
4: thousands.
0: Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not one for dates, but yeah, yeah it's, that's it's true, around yeah. there. It's around there. But okay. yeah, so the decision to drop to cancel Nightwing, Robin, and Birds of Prey, I think it's a very good move on their part.
3: Well. I'm with you in that I think we were on the same page with this and, and jumping to the conclusion. I mean we have no we have no factual basis or no confirmation that our, our view of what's going to happen is going to happen. But clearly Fabian Nicieza and um, Peter Tomasi were, I guess, interviewed by CBR t- this week. And they confirmed that uh, they were told at the start of their writing gigs for both of the books that those books would in fact be canceled um, as I guess a – uh, part of a what looks to be a Gotham rebranding after what happens in Batman r i p so um, so I think you had said, and then i didn't see that, and I kind of posted a similar thing that if they use this as an opportunity to launch say like a Gotham anthology, which is either yep. you know two or three times a month with that you know just kind of takes revolving stories and, and focuses on all the different. Uh, Gotham characters. I think that would be fantastic, and I, I, it's a book I would buy. And, and I don't, oh yeah, I don't buy much in the Gotham, the the Batman universe uh, on a regular basis. So that would that would excite me. Now, whether or not they actually plan on doing that, I guess remains to be seen.
1: Right. I but can see them doing that for like a year, and then re, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a Robin book again. It's, yeah, yeah. I but it looks like
3: Robin that. is going to be Damien though, at least from some of the fancy well, solicits. We don't
0: That's, we don't know for sure, but in terms of economics, it does not make sense to publish three books in the in the 30,000 range when they can get some buku talent on one anthology book and probably pull in 90,000 copies depending on the talent they got
1: for it. Hey, you don't know that.
0: I don't know that, but Adam Hughes moves a lot of books. If you somehow convince Adam Hughes to do 8 to 12 pages of Birds of Prey a month, he's going to be able to meet that deadline. It's only 12 pages. Well, Th- that alone would
3: sell probably... 50000 What's the last time Adam Hughes really did a book on a regular basis? I mean, he did Wonder I Woman. I don't, right? I don't think you could ever call it a regular basis, though.
0: Well, there's yeah, a plus a point, right there. Right, Adam it? Hughes on a regular title instead of a cover? That's, that's I don't
2: I don't know how many issues of Justice League America he did consecutively. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Ultimate, uh, ultimate All-Star Wonder Woman is, is, I don't even know if that's still on a schedule, let alone still coming out in
3: 2009.
4: Yeah.
2: He's, he's a pinup artist. He does covers, he does posters, he'll do... He'll,
3: he'll, he makes he'll, an ass load doing art, original art.
2: Absolutely. You know, you, you, you show up at a convention, if you don't make that list probably within the first hour the show is open that weekend, you're not, you're not getting an original art piece of art from him over those two days. It's like, you know, once, once that list is filled up, that's what he's working on that weekend and you're SOL until next year.
0: Well, the man's got his followers. And, and even, say, Jim Lee. Jim Lee could kick out eight pages a month. I mean, stop working on the 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 massively M- multiplayer. M- or, yeah, stop working on that for a couple hours. Kick out some pages. Get a great you know, anchor. There you go.
1: Probably what they'll you know. I, I I don't know if they'll do this or something like this, but I think uh, doing an anthology for six months or a year would be a great way to test market some characters and some different variations on teams or whatever and see what works and and spin some regular titles out of that so I I see it as as kind of just Rebooting the the Bat Family, you know, there's going to be a Nightwing book, there's going to be a Robin book, there's a lot of Birds of Prey fans out there that would go back to that book, and by rebooting it or changing the team up, you know, it's uh, Oracle is a pretty important character in in the DCU, and I think that Birds of Prey deserves to have a book, but I mean, it's just. It, it gets, to, it gets to a number point that unless you're action or detective or Batman in your DC book, you kind of have to reboot them every once in a while. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to feel like you can jump into a book that's at you know, number you know, 121.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, we all see the way the wind's blowing as far as the price of comics. In fact, Carlos Cordova sent a a phone call in this time talking about just that. What are we going to do when it gets to $3.99 an issue? I don't think, number one, it's, it's feasible to publish Robin, Nightwing, and Birds of uh, Prey for $3.99 an issue when they're only selling 25 to 30,000 copies. And once the price does get to $3.99, I don't, you know, I don't know about any of you, but I am not paying four bucks for 22 pages of Robin. (laughs) <laughs> it, it would it would have to get somebody really special on that book yeah. for me for me to even consider that. And and the same thing with Nightwing. Great character, but a four dollar investment for Nightwing. I, I'm not I can't see it. I just if they, they they pieced it out where they got some really hot guys, just uh, fan favorites, proven sellers. Eight pages, and well, like Wood said, maybe three times a month, which is good. But then they'd have to rotate stories, and I don't personally want to see that. I would rather wait for the third week of every month to get a sixty-four page anthology than three times a month, where I the main story would switch every week, because the mm-hmm. the other artist was you know had to finish their pages right. in time. So see that would bother me.
2: And then, and they could time it so that week one you have Batman, week two you have Detective, week three you have the anthology, yeah. and yep. and this way there's a Bat Universe title pretty much every week for the month.
0: Yeah, somebody in the forum suggested making Detective the anthology. I don't think that's the way to go.
2: No, think. that's got too much no. history. It, it, yeah, and and they did that with Action Comics Weekly, and that yeah. didn't that that did that last a year more than a year.
1: What was the joke? Is that the way said that should have Weekly? been spelled? Yeah, W-E-A-K. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's not that bad. There was a lot of good stories that came out of that. But uh, I don't think the the idea is to reinforce an existing book as an anthology. The idea is to add a title that's going to make the money to the publishing schedule. Yeah. you know. So,
3: Well, clearly they have a plan in motion because Nietzsche says do. he will be writing a bad book you know, after the cancellations and Tomasi said he's, which I guess has already been announced. He's taking over another relaunch of the outsiders. I mean, talk about a book that gets relaunched. Oh, Jesus. I mean, they literally just relaunched it. What? Less than a year ago. And then that was less than two years after one, one year yeah. later, which, yeah. which was launched. I mean, god got it. Uh, I mean, the,
0: talk the about thing, a malign title. The I mean, thing with, like um, bad with, history. It,
2: well, yeah, I know. Well, I'm it's just kind of, fond depends of the on your
1: days. Yeah. yeah well, it the, depends yeah. on your description of bad. It's a book that just keeps coming back. It thing it has more uh, ability to stay alive than Spider-Girl.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't mean bad in in the in relation to the the artwork or the writing. I'm not talking about the quality of the content. I mm-hmm. I should have said bad luck.
2: Mm-hmm. The the thing with detective, I think it's it's like Wood said with the history. This is this is a book that I think for, I don't think Batman has not been in an issue of Detective, and I don't know how long. So to turn that into an anthology where Batman may not appear in every issue, it's it's really not going to work, just from the historians or the people that are really into those statistics point of view. But with an anthology, we already know Batman. You put Just like Spidey, you put Batman in a comic book, people are going to buy it. So mm-hmm. if you do an anthology where... Either you have a hint of Batman showing up, but you have, I mean, Gotham the corner of the DCU has a lot of good characters. I mean, hell, you know, you could read Gotham Central and you know, I mean, I don't know, aside from Renee and Crispus, I don't know what happened to the rest of the, um, of the detectives in the precinct. I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if the well, calculator Tur- is, is still, well, Tur- well, we don't know what's gonna happen with Turpin after Final Crisis. Wait, was Turpin a uh, Gotham detective? When did he when was, did that happen?
3: Well, he was out. He was at the start of Gotham Central. He was already ousted, but he was part of one of the, he was the one of the major characters of, of one of the arcs. Oh, he, Turpin he was, was already okay.
2: So you have you have what about what about the calculator? Is he still is he still out there? Because I remember from Identity right. Crisis yeah. where he was the male yeah. version yeah. of of Oracle.
0: He's still out there. Okay. He's in
3: Berkeley right now, yeah.
0: And, and we can pull Will Pyfer back to write some Catwoman.
3: There you can, go. Uh, hey, Jim Ballant. It,
0: she, she can't sustain a, uh, her own book for three ninety nine, but hell, for eight pages or 12 of Will Pfeiffer, Catwoman, I'd buy the book on that alone. And if, uh, they
2: do, if they do it with Batman, they can do it with Superman, they can do it, and then they can branch out to the rest of the DCU. So you could have a Justice League anthology and then have some of the lesser-selling books that the characters from the JLA star in. Can be on the flip side of those books. I mean, we've talked well, about college well, kind of do- for years.
0: Yeah, they're kind of doing that with Superman now, to to an extent. With the new Krypton special, the Jimmy Olsen special, this Guardian thing that came out today. So you're seeing a Superman book or a Superman related title at least every week, sometimes twice a week. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him. You know, put out bigger, you know, bigger issues. Uh, for a decent, you know, decent price point, and be able to get a lot of story, and you know, not even necessarily sell them in comic shops. That's
0: there. You go. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, I think it would be cool. So.
0: Now, while we're on the subject, did anybody read the Guardian special?
1: I uh, picked so. it up. Hadn't read it yet.
0: Okay. That's uh, uh, great. Yes, I will not say anything plot wise, but it does take a very strange and surprising turn. Hmm. Yeah. That's one, there's a character that pops up uh, almost incidentally within the, the narrative. And it's like, holy crap, what does this mean? And it, it's really cool. And chalk it up to to Robinson. The dialogue is tight. It's so believable and so well rendered. You would actually think you were listening to two characters just conversing. It's it's very real. I loved it. It was the, the best thing I read so far this week. Didn't read much, but it was the nice. best thing out of all of them. Yeah. When so what do say, we got? What are you guys reading?
3: Oh, do you have a this, question? This, uh I was just gonna say when you say strange though, I mean are we talking like uh Tom Cater's quirky strange or like a
0: kinda, Braxton, yeah.
3: Like a Braxton strange or like
0: No, kind of no, no <laughs> not a Braxton strange. No. But 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 a kind of strange in relation to the events within the book, but not very strange when you take into account what Johns has done in action. Okay. So I don't want to reveal anything to you. But, yeah, it's, it was very surprising and cool because uh, I do like this character. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Cool. Right. Go out there and buy it because it, I have a feeling that this storyline is going to be going on for some time.
3: And by which? And it,
0: it, it starts, Yeah. by which, play it, it starts, actually takes place during the Jimmy Olsen special. Remember when Jimmy came to the, the trailer and confronted um, Jim Harper? Mm-hmm. Sure. It takes—it's the conversation that took place when he entered the uh, trailer. So it's—it's it's, uh, continuity-wise, there's no loss of time. It's great. Cool. And cool. then after this, it jumps into action. You'll be reading the super titles for some time to come. There you go. Yep.
1: Nice. This will—this uh, will make David's week. A uh, favorite well, book I've read it. so far is—is—is is, is from the House of Ideas, the um, X-Men and Spider-Man. Uh, oh. oh, you're yeah, I'm
2: dying to see that! Interesting.
1: I didn't even order that. Well. Yeah, ri- written by Christos Gauge, but uh, art by a guy named uh, Mario Alberti, mm. and it is absolutely gorgeous. This really? is mm. it is a beautiful book. I that uh, that, that I, cover
2: uh, reminds me of uh, has a Charles Vest kind of feel to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I freaked yeah. out when I paged through that
0: at the at the store today. Really? I said, oh. yes, no, re- it's that good. Damn. It, this I, this kid is a young Barry Windsor Smith. Oh, Barry Smith. Yeah,
1: okay. right. It combined Barry Windsor Smith and like Marcos Martin. Oh yes. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But Dude, he doesn't you know. have the the heavy line that Marcos has. Uh, okay. It's it more of a very lyrical line. No, it's what, what,
2: beautiful. What, yeah. it's, it's a miniseries, so for me, it's a hardcover or, or a trade. Yeah. You know, whichever yeah, collected yeah. edition it comes out of because yeah. it's a trade, it automatically goes to, to a collected edition for me. So yeah. I'm not sweating it, but I'm yeah. dying to see it. But there's yeah, one I mean,
0: reason, aside from the fact that the artwork alone justifies buying this in hardcover, because it is phenomenal. But... It's three ninety nine for twenty two yeah. pages. Yeah, because so it's a mini. Like, yeah, yeah. No way. You know, if you're going to pay three ninety nine for a single issue, wait for the hardcover to get a durable, you know, a multi read book. Right. Because right. It, it, this thing, I, I guarantee you. And I, I, I hate to pump something up because I know your taste, but you, I, I'm pretty confident you're going to like it. You will go back to this book for many years. It is gorgeous. <laughs> wow. That's
3: big talk.
0: No, it's now, not big, Chris.
3: No, back, yeah. I mean it's uh, got
1: me excited. Is what I mean. If you yeah. uh, if you like uh, X Men First Class, Ooh. and what they're doing with Spider Man these days, with uh, you know, if you like the old school Spider Man stories, it's it really is just this really nice nostalgic step back into time into the you know right after the X-Men and Spider-Man had, had met their first team up um you get some some classic X-villains um uh class, classic uh Spider-Man villain it's just it right out of out of the early era of both of these books so it's got a for old old school Comic fans, there's a really nice nostalgic feel mm-hmm. to it, but uh, you know it's Christos Gage writing, which you, you can't beat, and uh, yeah, and this uh, this Alberti cat is somebody to watch. There's a there's also some really uh, some really fun uh, jokes in there about uh, about modern comics that you'll that I you'll know. catch. So, yeah. it's
0: well, I, I was paging fun. through it, and I actually disrupted the comic book store because I, I there's there's a page with Spider-Man villain A x- men villain B on the same yeah. page, and I' was like, "Oh my God, how cool is that you know <laughs> you, you
1: just you you came a little in your pants no no I have a problem I don't I can't
0: but yeah
3: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> uh, you no, know, it, just I start after twenty five years I decided to start using a little restraint and not ordering random one shots and and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: and you know mini series that that may or may not be in continuity just until at least I hear something about it and then like within the first month of deciding to do that you guys come on and tell me that I'm missing out on this <laughs> genius book I'm uh, living okay. I'm going to oh, really? sit down and pay full cover price but that's while we the thing while we're here
0: <laughs> I-, I saw the cover in the Marvel previews and I was like wow that's pretty tight I like that it's a very very nice image if they had put a piece of the sequential art in the Marvel previews, there would be. No, I would have, regardless of the cover price. Well, and when we order, we get a discount naturally. For the discount, I would have ordered this in a second. Well, let me ask there you. There would something. have been no stopping me.
3: You, you've talked a couple times so far tonight on the idea of three ninety nine comics, mm-hmm. and uh, you have for a long time. In fact, one of the first times you and I ever really had a conversation—it's probably about two years ago—was on the notion of, you know, the inevitable. Um, uh, increase in comics pricing just a yeah. matter of, of when not if um, but it occurs to me you know I, I posted something um, about uh, you know Marvel reported their earnings their Q3 earnings uh, and in my opinion because of the relative bleakness of them I, I think um, the, the time of 399 comics as a regular is, is even closer than I would have thought I think it's probably very very soon to, to come um, at least for books they think they can get away with it on um, but I guess the thing that I, I I'm puzzled by, um, and it, it it relates to something that you've just talked about, is the notion of of hardcovers. Um, it seems like more and more Marvel, especially, is putting out hardcovers as collected editions, and it seems like a lot of people like them. I, I certainly like the way they look uh, on the shelf. But it occurs to me that number one, people aren't making the connection. I'm seeing a lot of people out there say, "Well, you know, if they raise comics to three ninety nine, I'll just I'll just wait for the trade more. I'll, I'll buy the hardcover." Well. Uh, I think people are out of their minds if they think that if Marvel and DC start putting out more books at a three ninety nine cover price that they're not also going to have a commensurate raise in, in what the trades are going to Oh cost. so sure they yeah, are. Sure they are. Know, that's just basic economics. So so I don't I don't quite get that you know I think people are a little disconnected there. But secondly, even right now, as much as I like hardcovers, I I have to say Um, for things that I think are going to be evergreens or real classics, I love a nice hardcover, even a slipcase. I think it's worth it. But for, you know, just the standard, you know, well written trade of an ongoing series, I, I don't quite find it very appealing because the hardcover price is essentially full cover price. I mean, I'm not really getting any kind of volume break for that. So I I, I guess I'm curious, especially, you know, it sounds like you're okay with hardcovers, Vince. And I, yeah. I guess my question to you guys is, does the price point not bother you? And if it doesn't, why not? Well, can I interrupt of- for one it's second?
0: Better? Sure. Let me just, the reason why I say this, and I don't think we can overstate the importance of this entity enough, is DCBS. I will go for a hardcover because I know that nine times out of ten, it's going to be knocked 50% off. So that's okay with me. If I had to pay full price for it, I may think twice, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. But, I mean, we but get a, paying, a, a very, very, very healthy. For, for monthlies,
3: though. So the, the net economic impact to you is the same. With
0: yeah, me. The, You know, see, I don't think that way. Numbers are, like, so alien to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> <but> you're right. <laughs> but, it's, no, I, I, I will kick out uh, 15 bucks for a hardcover easy because that's what we're used to paying for trades
2: yeah it's 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 the lack of ads for one thing and generally with a hardcover i have yet because i have yet to have the the only exception i can think of might be the morrison x-men omnibus but every hardcover i have is filled with extras whether they be variant covers or Sketches or it, like the Agents of Atlas hardcover is the perfect example of what you of of what what all hardcovers should be. Not only do you yeah. get the six issues of the mini, you also get the first appearances of all of these Golden Age characters: yeah, Gorilla Man, bond, Marvel yeah. Boy. You know, I mean, so you have you have it, and you're not going to be able to buy these issues for. The cover price of the hardcover at full price, yeah, so right. that they're including all of these. They're including an interview with Jeff Parker from CBR, and that alone makes it worth my while. The the, the Morrison X Men on the Bus I think might have a couple of uh, Wizard covers or alternate covers that Whitely might have done but and and even the Wolverine Origins that mostly has just the variant covers that that Casada or Gary Frank or anybody else Brian Hitch might have done variant covers for the the issues but
0: Marvel it's it's extra extra content
2: yes is is the draw for you you yes
3: are you one of those guys that when you watch a DVD you'll watch the director's Uh track and the I I will
2: watch I generally Renee and I will both watch the gag reels or the outtakes um there are very few DVDs where I will listen to the director's commentary. Kevin Smith is one of those directors where I'll listen to, I'll watch the movie again to listen to what they're saying. But yeah, I do like seeing the, the behind the scenes, the Gotham Knights, that DVD. I felt that the main feature wasn't all that great. All the, the animation, yeah. but the extras was, was the shit. I mean, them talking to Denny O'Neill or Greg Rocco or Azarello or Bob Sharp, you know, anybody that they were talking to. There was a documentary on Bob Kane, and it's like, I haven't seen anything on Bob Kane since the 1989 Batman movie. so I, I love extras on DVD oh, hell, um, the Smallville box set. Smallville's the only television series that I'll buy in a box set, so I'm a season behind for people that are watching it, and, and this will probably think remind Vince to talk about Saturn Girl. but <laughs> there was a in the sixth season DVD set, there was a documentary. On Green Arrow, because the character's been introduced into the Smallville universe. So, not only do you have some scenes or the, the, the television writers and producers talking about the character, you have Denny O'Neill and Brad Meltzer and Neil Adams and Phil Hester and Judd Winnie and all, and the people that have worked on Green Arrow over the years are talking get about out. it's awesome it's 25 minutes and they just they talk to the camera and Mike Carlin and everybody is just sitting there talking about Green Arrow I mean I've watched it like 3 times already it made yeah. the set I stopped
0: watching Smallville after season 2 I mean I, sorry I stopped buying DVD sets of Smallville cuz I don't watch TV after season 2 I have the first two and now you're going to make me go out and get these damn things now <laughs> you and the announcement today that Saturn girl is going to make an appearance in an episode written by, drumroll, Jeff
2: Johns. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's very cool.
0: The
2: Before we... we is a she Legion. Legion. One of the, Legion. One of the founders of Legion. The... we're getting the Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the... One of the major
0: Legion characters? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you betcha. It was yeah, wait, it's her, Lightning Lad, and Cosmic Boy were, uh, yes, were the founding she, members.
0: She's the Wonder Woman to the DCU's Trinity... Uh, she's the the ana- an analog to the Legion.
3: What's her power? Mental telepathy. Um, uh, th- yes, oh, okay. uh,
1: yeah. of various
3: sorts. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been reading Legion. I just haven't. I don't really. Isn't about- isn't
2: she on the cover of uh, or one of the covers Number of two, the second yes. issue? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Real, real, real quick, just since this kicked off the conversation, really, there is not to do the plug for Marvel Noise, but on the Marvel Noise website, there is a preview. There are preview pages of the X Men Spider Man. First issue, the artwork is absolutely stunning. There are fucking thought balloons in this I comic book.
0: You said F.
2: And, well, that was, for, that was for New Mutant. That's for Alan. But there is, there is a panel of Gwen Stacy sitting on the docks overlooking oh, yeah, yeah. water. And there's a freaking gorgeous. bridge yeah. in the background. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. They got to throw the bridge in there whenever they show Gwen Stacy. It's, oh, it's an awesome why. image. And the art is amazing. And and you could all you
1: could almost see the Grim Reapers skeletal <laughs> fingers <laughs> no. reaching out over her shoulder. It was oh, yeah.
2: oh. I that,
1: that, it
0: That's right. why the the prick Norman Osborn built his offices where he did. Yes, bastard. Uh, going back to the hardcovers, the biggest draw for me is durability. Oh yeah, I, I, I can sure. take it and, and hug it and love it and bring it to oh, bed George. with me and, and right and not have to we worry about. It's
3: just nice looking. I'm
0: telling you that see we would not steer you wrong. You get to see wow. beautifully drawn MJ and Gwen in
2: the same panel. It's gorgeous. Now on on the flip side when it comes Never to Never doubt covers. the
3: Neismann. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, I don't know about that.
3: Yeah, it looks a little bit like um a little bit like the 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 humans, the the non-powered people almost look a little bit like like Mobius characters. I tell you Barry well, that's, Smith that's it's there.
1: It's, it's a very European um yeah. influence. He's uh, Italian. So. Okay. Yeah.
2: Gen- G- generally, the hardcovers are also oversized. I mean, look at the Hellboy Library Archives. I oh, mean, so you know, nice. so you just—I mean, there's just the the hardcovers look beautiful. They're—I think they're a better package. I mean, conversely, I love the essential format or the showcase format because I can go on the deck, and if I'm—if it's in the middle, you know, if if it starts to rain during the summer, I'm not going to get too upset. <laughs> If <laughs> if if these books get ruined, but I mean I'm not going to take my my you know Amazing Spider-Man Volume One on the bus out there. But I just I oh, Evan
1: Snow, not that one, not no that
2: one. one. The uh, yeah, it's paper just, quality. Is, is, there is you go.
0: Usually better as compared to the crap that DC served up this week. I, I almost think that the paper's getting thinner, if that's at all possible. The uh, as I was reading the Guardian issue, you can see your finger Ooh. on the on the opposite side of the page. It's, it's how much thinner can they make these things? And I'm not fussy about paper. Paper to me is paper as long as it's reasonably durable. But this stuff is just tissue paper. It's really bad, and. Uh, they're going to have to do something. Either if they raise the price to three ninety nine, at least kick the paper quality up just a little bit. Because mm-hmm. as it stands now, this quality paper isn't worth a buck fifty to me. Never mind four dollars.
2: Right, and that's and that's something else you talked about years ago. And and it's you know to keep costs down on some of the books. Do we really need the glossy or the Baxter or the high quality nah. paper? But and and I can see you know from an artist's point of view depending on the colors or the inks if they're going to bleed through if it's going to be muddy if you but if if you're going to have this kind of paper then then yeah then then you need to knock the price down but
0: I mean being inside of the production side of of periodicals and print it really isn't going to cost them any less to print on cheaper paper because paper basically uh, this kind of paper of greater quality probably is going to cost them about the same amount of money to print uh, as they're they are printing on the stuff now right Chris it really is not going to make all that much a difference
1: yeah it's all, it's all volume stuff right it's, but you, know, it's, you see here's it, the I deal. mean that, that's one I mean paper paper prices are going up right now but
0: and th- this is a uh, very prevalent attitude in all businesses in our country is that okay sales are down let's kick the price up to make our profits the same and Woods going to definitely inject into this, and I want them to, because I don't know all that much about it. It, And we've seen it happen with the recording industry, where CD sales were down, pirating was going on, so what they did was they bumped the prices up a little bit to compensate for the losses incurred by the, the, the pirates and the lack of people buying them. Wouldn't you think
1: Well, here's here's something that's really interesting about comics, and once again, we don't know the inner workings of this stuff, but what mm -hmm. makes comics different than any other periodical that I know of is periodicals live and die on circulation. Because their major revenues are from advertising. And so different magazines out there try and get their circulation as absolutely high as they can because their revenues are all generated off of ad cells, and mm-hmm. so that's that's why you know you should never pay for a magazine subscription because if you look hard enough online or <laughs> you know wherever you can find free magazine subscriptions for pretty much every magazine that is on on the stands and a hundred that you've never heard of but in comics not that way and it, uh, but they sell ads. You saw the. You know, we we're talking about the DC Nation thing. They're right. you know, reducing the size of that so they can have additional ad space. But that's all. That's all predicated on circulation. So they should actually be lowering the price to there you go people to buy them to increase circulation. So right, they can sell that, that's ads my for uh, a much higher price.
0: Right, that's my entire argument. I know it's counterintuitive. It goes against every instinct. Not if you Anyone buy advertising, makes- it doesn't. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the people who see the numbers. The, yeah. the, that, that final arbiter that determines if, we, if the business is doing well or not. It goes against what they think should be. I mean, sales are down, raise prices to compensate. It goes against instinct. But it makes sense, in a way, to lower the price and maintain or, or decrease that price point so people will, will buy more. And if the circulation goes up, even better because the advertising revenue is going to go up.
1: That, mm-hmm. that would be yeah. the reason why you would lower the prices is, you know, if if they're going to look at it. You know, it's in, – in I mean, magazine, that, that that's a tough business, and this is different than magazine sales. But, yeah, it's circulation and the advertising revenues are, you know, they're, they're tied together. It's, you know, if you're going to advertise – in the Chicago Tribune, it's going to cost you a lot more than advertising in the Sun Times because the Tribune sells more copies. You know, it's the same thing. Um, which is, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but um, advertising in comics—they, um, I think—they sell across the board. It's so if you buy, if you buy advertising, I don't know if you can like say, "Hey, I want to advertise an amazing Spider-Man." You just by ad space in Marvel comics and mm-hmm. I think they use all of their comics to set their circulation numbers and once again don't quote me on that but I think I, I had heard that that's that's kind of how they do it so which is a big reason why DC prints so many different books
0: and, and there's nothing wrong with chopping a page up into 8 or 12 blocks of ad space like they used to do in the 80s how many times have you turned a page in a Marvel comic and just saw those stacks of mm-hmm. almost classified ads? Like for Howard uh, Rogofsky or whatever, you, however you pronounce it. Just mail order comic shops and and uh, Johnson Smith Company used to have ads in them all the time. Let, let's let get out there and start selling ads to everybody and his brother. My shop, MyComicShop.com. Why do we never see ads for My Comic <sighs> Shop anymore?
2: Sell them a quarter page. There you go. Even chopping up full pages to various advertisers. Hell, in the 60s, and, and you can even check that out in uh, Showcase Presents, the trades. You, DC used to, at the end of the, uh, the first, the you know, you would, have, you would have two, three stories in a comic book. So at the end of the first Green Lantern story, that would end like, you know, you'd have two panels at the top of the page ending the story. Yep. And then the rest of it, you'd have a DC house hat. And it's, you know, so it doesn't even have to be a full page for a bunch of people. You just have where the story ended, that'd be the last panel, and underneath that, there'd be an ad.
0: I did newspaper layout for a lot of years, and I can tell you from experience, a publisher will not blink to chop a story To make room for an ad That's that's the name of the game And and if it took me An extra three hours To (laughs) repaginate that that periodical They did not care Because they were making money On that advertising And I think comics should have at least some of that mindset to yeah. try and draw as much advertising into it as possible. Well, oh, wait, were we off at all in, in any of the things that we were talking no,
3: about? No, no, I mean, and look, we've talked about this before, um, about comics being a, a much different beast than most most printed periodicals. Um, you know, as you guys know, I'm sure, you know, the concept of elasticity of demand, right? And there's, you know, certain goods and services where basically the uh, as the price goes up, demand drops off and, you know, and vice versa, as the price goes down demand increases uh, there are other things like say um, um, you know like food you know or consumables, where basically no matter what it costs it 's pretty steady demand because people need them right so um, mm-hmm. you know in 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 a lot of what we 'd call discretionary things that the price matters right i mean you, you um, in comics um, at least for much of 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 uh, the the existence of the direct market uh, it 's been proven time and again. That while we all like to bitch and complain, uh, we are pretty hardcore, uh, extremely hardcore, and we will pretty much find some way to justify paying almost any price. So we've conditioned Marvel and DC and then by proxy, the smaller companies who, you know, they don't, the smaller guys don't set the price. They just follow what Marvel and DC do. But we've conditioned, you know, these guys to, to, to think, well, they can raise the price anytime demand starts to wane to keep their profit margins up and we'll pay it. And uh, until we, until enough of us stop buying these books, as we always threaten to do, um, you know, and call their bluff they 're going to keep you know pushing the price up till they find a point that actually you know that actually shows that demand is falling off, so yeah, i mean look i i i don 't know if they're if they're what the price is. I will say that you know i I knock on wood have not been in a position where i 've needed to worry too much about you know how many comics I buy, buy what I want, and uh, I will say that if 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 the actual you know standard price for comic book comes three hundred ninety nine um, i will I will make a concerted effort to buy. Buy Less Comics, Uh, just because I think for 22 pages, uh, that is pretty absurd because, you know, I was reading comics tonight in anticipation of our our little chat here, and, you know, I would say the average comic these days takes me, what, eight to ten minutes to read? Right, I mean, you know, maybe maybe a, a meteor comic takes you a little longer if you're really into it, but but for the most part, if it's especially if it's you know part two or three of a of a five or six issue arc, I mean, you kind of fluff through it. That's you know on a on a price per minute of entertainment, doesn't compare to a video game, doesn't compare to a movie, doesn't compare to a DVD, you know, doesn't compare to a free TV show or a free or something free on the web. So, you know, right. I'm willing to pay a, a pretty market premium because I love comics more than any of the other stuff. Yeah. But um,
1: well, but, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think it's gonna. It when it happens because it, it's going to, it's gonna it's gonna f- encourage people to go to the trade. Which I don't know, maybe a reason that they're doing it. I, I don't know, uh, but I think you'll see more people that will go to the trade. I think that you'll see um, independence, like you know, like what we saw with Freak Angels. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what independent companies set their sure. price points at. You know, some of them have already been at the, the 350 three fifty, three ninety nine 399 range for a while, but it's because they deal in such low quantities, I guess that's what they have to set it at. But I think you're going to see uh, more of the smaller comic publishers go straight to trade. So I think it's just kind of the continued evolution of it. And, you know, we just, as fans, we'll just ride along with it and and uh, buy what we like. And, yeah you know won't what we don't but uh you know i i see that the 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 raising price is going to tighten everyone's comic budget and that you know for me i hate that for a lot of the independent books because everyone's not everyone but most most comic book fans are still going to buy you know uncanny x-men and amazing spider-man and you sure. know detective mm-hmm. and batman but the you they're not going to have that leftover money to you know take a chance on you know dynamo five or proof or you know that kind of stuff so in the end you know it's not going to hurt the sales on uncanny but it'll it'll kill books like birds of prey and 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 the independence Mm -hmm.
0: well isn't it odd that and i'll use uh x-men spider-man as an example isn't it odd that when we see a twenty-two page book for three ninety nine, it, it it leaves a sour taste in our mouth. But the collected edition of that miniseries, that four issue miniseries, say it's priced at seventeen ninety nine. We are more likely to pay seventeen ninety nine for an honest to god book, where where it has a little bit of weight to it, than we would be to buy that very same book in installments for the
3: same price. That's what I was getting at earlier, right? It's the, it's you condition to. To sometimes just the way something's packaged can condition you to pay a different price point, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's just like uh, I mean traditional books, right? I mean, think about that. Uh, you know, you uh, many times I find myself going on, on a you know business trip and I'll uh, you know I'll walk into the airport bookstore to get a, a new book because either I'll have finished mine or what have you, and you know these hardcovers are you know I mean they're, they're thirty bucks, you know, mm-hmm. for a book that. And yet, you know, although book sales, like anything else, paper based, are down quite a bit over the last ten years as the internet has proliferated, you know, books, you know, to, uh, you know, books still sell well. I mean, bestsellers still sell pretty well, and yet people don't blink at paying twenty five, thirty dollars for, for a, you know, a, a printed paper book. But it's because we
0: crazy, right? Yeah. But we've
3: conditioned ourselves just thinking that's okay, right? I mean, it's so it's like, right. yeah, it's all about conditioning. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I will say um, on Marvel's call, uh, the the. The most discouraging thing, um, as, as a fan of the industry was that, um, trade paperback sales outside of the direct market. So you're basically talking the bookstores actually were the worst performing segment of the publishing unit. They're actually down year on year. Um, and a big part of that, as, uh, Corey, Corey Strode, I think, pointed out, um, was that, you know, Borders is basically going out of business. Um, and the bookstores are really struggling right now, the retailers, um, and, and those guys have returnability. So, you know, that's a real problem for comics publishers, particularly the small guys. The small guys cannot afford for their books to be returnable on Moss. Uh it'll they'll go out of business. So that's a that's a risk there. The most positive thing though, uh and I do think it's inevitable, it's just again it's a matter of when not if, Marvel spent a lot of time talking about how much they're investing in their digital comics initiative. Um it's not a big amount of money for Marvel as a whole. They're a pretty big company, but they're spending. They are going to spend six million dollars this year. They've spent about four so far. They're going to spend another two. They're going to spend about six million next year, and another four to six million in 2010. And so that's about 15, 16 million they're going to be spending with the eye towards by the end of that time, they expect their digital comics business to be a profitable business for them. So you know, you do the math. That means they're basically thinking that by the end of 2010. They expect their digital comics will be generating, you know, six to eight million dollars of, you know, pre-tax revenue to them on a on an annual basis, which is, you know, pretty a uh, pretty pretty strong growth. If you assume they're going to, they said that it'll be a mix of of people paying subscriptions like they do now, and obviously advertising. So, um, you know, it's it's still very early there, but clearly Marvel is taking you know the digital opportunity very seriously, um, and uh, and I, I think that's actually ultimately goodness. I mean, I think. Old-timers, like all of us, will, will always have a preference for the, you know, the printed book. But I think if we're going to really have this uh, market open up to, to new readers and, and younger generation, it, it's got to be you
1: ain't, If you ain't killing trees, it ain't real. <laughs> no, oh, no. but
0: th- there, there's a couple things Marvel's going to have to do in order to ensure that their digital comics are a success. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that $6 million or a nice chunk of it is probably going to go to lawyers – To enforce copyrights online, they're going to have to have a strike team, a vigilant strike team, to go out and crush all the the servers and all the people offering torrents of their comic books. Because, as we all know, it's extremely easy to find comics online. Very easy. And it doesn't take any effort at all. And for Marvel to... They're never going to stop it. Well, I know. Well, they're never going to stop it, but they can intimidate and coerce to the point where, at least, uh, a nice chunk of the people who would normally balk at the chance of sharing something online would think twice about it. And I think that's very important in in ensuring the success of digital comics. Mm-hmm. Another thing: if if they are going to offer digital comics, I want them to offer everything. Where right. if I'm going to if I'm going to pay a certain, I'm, I'm not talking micropayments, that's not the way to do it. If, if I'm going to pay a certain amount of money per month to read Marvel Comics, I want the very same comics that are available in the stores on Wednesday to be available online. I would gladly pay 25 bucks a month for that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of stuff, in the end, isn't really worth all owning. You know. And if you go on, online and read 20 Marvel books... And you're paying twenty five bucks a month, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah,
1: well, sure. You know, going back to what you'd said about you know tracking, hunting down the the pirates and and all that kind of crap. Um, you know, I, iTunes was a great model that that mm-hmm. showed that if something is is convenient and easy to use, people will will pay to use it, and I think that Marvel is, you know, trying that model, kind of, with, with what they have online right now, and putting everything in a, in a central location, it's easy to, easy to access it, and, and easy to, to view it. I don't, what I don't like about it, is that you can't, uh, you can't download what they, what they offer, and take it with you, you know, it's, if you're hopping on a plane, you can't you know, read Marvel Comics on your laptop. It, you, have to, you have to have a live internet connection, and that kind of blows. But, uh, you know, they'll find ways to, to make it portable. It's right.
0: And, and how about a kickback where if you have a certain user number that you get when you subscribe to the Marvel Online program, and you can use that user number to say, eventually buy the trade mm-hmm. at a reduced rate? That that's yeah I would do. they too. already
3: yeah they're doing that to be fair. now um,
0: oh they are cool.
3: Yeah I mean cool. I, you know Marvel DC I'm, I'm a subscriber to Marvel DCU and um, you know there's still kinks that they have to work out. Um, it, it's it's as annoying as it is pleasing to me now in the sense that the the catalog is still very sparse. Um, they'll often have you know the first say two issues of a mini but nothing else so obviously yeah. they're doing that to whet your appetite so that you'll go out and buy you know the trade or whatever but but to their credit there are certain things they do well and what you said vince is one of the things they do do if you you know pull up an issue even you know whether it's you know something like amazing fantasy or, or something that just came out um pretty much when you get to the end of the book um and at the bottom of every page there's a very you know a link directly to um you know to collected editions that that um you know, that that story can be found in that if you want to order. And and also um, usually there's a link to, you know, um, local stores, you know, LCSs that uh, you can either have your account set up, you know, with your, you know, pre, uh, you know, cookie that has your zip code embedded or whatever, or you could just type in your zip code and it'll, it'll give you stores where you can go buy the book. So, you know, they're doing that well, but but again, it's kind of one of those things like it, it's still, you know, they can they could do better. It could be more seamless, certainly.
0: I think it's all about making it as effortless for the consumer as possible. Yeah, yeah. Like something the music industry totally ignored, where I can jump online and download a CD in about ten minutes. Where if they price their product reasonably where i can run the borders and pick up a cd for 8.99 it's going to cost me more time and effort to download that cd burn it to a, a disk you know it's it's my materials it's my time whereas if i'm going to jump in the car and go get it for a reasonable price i'd rather do that and it makes more sense to me to do that than than to waste my time trying to find these things online
1: well yeah. I, I, th- I think i think kind of you know, it's hard you know, it's easier with music than it is with comics but yeah. you know eliminating different layers of, of of who's getting their take and you know i, I love what radiohead did that oh yeah mm. and i yeah. had absolutely no problem um, buying that album online because i I enjoy the band and I appreciate their work, and I felt like I was paying them directly for for their product and you yeah. know this um, you know this freak angels um, thing that came out today. Um, I I enjoy a lot of what Warren Ellis does. I I, I enjoy the artwork of this series that, I, that I've seen online, and I think that's a great model to put that out online, let people try it out, and then put out a trade. And I hope that if people if people like that model, whether you like Warren Ellis and Freak Angels or not, you know I. Encourage you to to pick up the trade because if that does well, I think you are going to see that more and more in comics. I think it's a it's a great idea that uh, I I hope it takes off because mm-hmm. you know I am running out of room in in my long boxes. <laughs> yeah, <and> I am I am sick to death of of long boxes and bags and boards. I mm-hmm. I yeah. want stuff to go direct, direct Me trade. Yeah,
0: I was thinking that ex- the same thing reading the, uh, the books I got today. It's just, give me a book, you know, where I can put it on the shelf, go back to it. Uh, the, the floppies, are they're wearing out their welcome with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, to say uh, something about Freak Angels, Freak Angels is not Ultimate Fantastic Four Warren Ellis. It's Transmet Warren Ellis. He, he's in the groove on this yeah, he is. on this story. Yeah, it's really good. Let's talk about a little comics. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual art form, how about
3: that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many of you guys are buying Terra.
3: I am, but I didn't get. Uh, or actually, when did they come out? This week or last week? The Issue first. number one came out today. Uh, I'm getting it, but I I, have, I will not get it until next week.
0: Written by Palmiotti and Gray, and drawn by the the <sighs> wonderfully, disgustingly talented Amanda Connor. I'll say. Oh, the cover is one of the sexiest things I have seen in a long, long time. <laughs> Just and and the thing I like about her women is they're sex pots and mm-hmm. the cheesecake factor is way high but they have this innocence about them mm. it, it's it's almost like the combination of a centerfold and one of those paintings with the onion-headed kids you know that you see in, <laughs> in cheap motels where they have the big just the, these very soulful eyes i love her work i really do it, it's a it's a good issue it was it was lighthearted yet fun it's and a new Power terror, Girl, right
3: completely new character yes
0: I don't know how to answer that based on the last page. Okay. It, it, uh, as, as far as you're concerned, it's a new character, but she does have ties to something else. And that's well, all I'm going to
1: say. T- Tara's continuity as a character is almost, <laughs> as, confu- almost as confusing as Hawkman. That, and, <laughs> and on top of that, I think that Palmiati and Gray actually wrote this right after the Judas contract. No, it's, <laughs> but but they they've seriously been talking about terror yeah. for three yeah. years. I think this book has been has has been in in production in one mm-hmm. form or another, and it keeps getting put off. So I mean, the actual story may be like three years old.
3: Sure, it's well, been on the shelf for a while. Yeah, Long I was going to say that that cover art that uh, you're referring to, Vince. That I remember seeing that. It seems like it was at least a year ago. It might be in a longer mm-hmm. issue of of back issue magazine. Uh, back issue was doing a uh, a feature on uh the titans and uh, and you know put some cover art uh, that i think it's it actually is this cover art of uh of of the new Terra saying you know coming soon a new Terra book but yeah so it 's been and, a- and
0: look look at the pose on the cover Connor is really she 's a thinker the 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 weight is on the uh, well Looking at the cover, the weight's on the right leg, so the right leg is more muscular and thicker than the left. And her her hip is is raised to the right, but her chest is drooping to the the left based on her her pose. It, it's this is the way this character would look in reality. Mm-hmm. She's got all the, the the gravity and the and the down. It's just I have nothing but respect for Amanda Connor. And when you see some of the panels inside, whew, Good God, <laughs> she she's got a bikini cut on her costume, and it's just like, ooh man! Well, so how was
3: I, the, how was the comic? Was it?
0: <laughs> it it did exactly what a first issue should do. Mm-hmm. There was the requisite amount of action. There was the reveal of the villain and the origin of the villain. And uh, towards the last couple pages, there was a teaser um, of a larger story yet to come. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Power Girl's in it. Oh, there you go. Oh, so cool. Yeah, Doctor Midnight's in it. Um, you get some kick in action with these insect-type creatures, and then there's this lava-type uh, tiki dudes. It's, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And the expressions uh, on the characters are great. When, when, when they are excited and angry, you feel it, and when they're sad. And in Tara's case, there's one, port, there's one point where she's so tired she falls asleep in Power Girl's arms. Mm-hmm. And and naturally her head is resting on me. Power Girl's ample bosom. So I was like, bring it home. Oh <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was a really really enjoyable <laughs> first issue. A lot of fun. Shut up, David. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I like it a lot. Cool. Yeah. So what do you guys reading? Come on, fess up.
3: Well, I'll give a, a I'll give a thumbs up and a thumbs down to the same writer uh, this month. That is uh, Mr. Terry Moore. I. Uh, I I am a huge strangers in paradise fan. I uh, loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um was excited being a marvel zombie to hear that he was going to do some marvel work. Uh and then when I heard he was going to be the new writer of Runaways, I was pretty intrigued because I've I've always enjoyed Runaways or certainly enjoyed the first run of it. Um it, you know, I thought it was it was really well done. And I guess it's what maybe 3 issues are out now, maybe it's 3 or 4. Um I I hadn't, it was just part of my huge stack of unread stuff, though, so I, I caught up on it this week. And, uh, it's, uh, it's penciled by Umberto Ramos, written mm. by Terry. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I like Ramos's art. Um, and I thought it would be good for the Runaways since it's a, a bunch of kids. Um, so it, his style would kind of work with it. But I have to say, all in all, I was, I was pretty disappointed. Um, it, it had been a while since I read Runaways. Um, and, you know, I felt like I knew the characters and it was, very very difficult with that first issue. I mean, if if you weren't if you didn't if you weren't familiar with the Runaways and hadn't read the, the, the prior two volumes, I can't imagine that you would have made head or t- heads or tails of these first two issues. They do no inter- reintroduction to the characters. I mean, they don't even give you like, um, you know, like word balloons that, that tell you their names and their powers. I mean, they they basically just jump you right into a day in the life of these guys with no character development whatsoever. You, it just presumes that you know who they are. And um, well, as much as I like Ramos, uh, his art was very, very hard to me to to really tell sometimes which characters were talking, um, you know, which were really you know supposed to be the ones that we were paying attention to in the scene. So I I, I don't know if it's just you know. You
0: must have picked up the wrong book on the rack. That doesn't sound like Ramos to it me. It
2: doesn't. Right? <laughs> uh, well,
3: I, again, I you know I, I I've I've read probably everything. Close to everything he's ever done, and I, I, I would consider myself a Ramos fan. But uh, this book, writing and art, just did not mesh for me. I, I, I um, in fact, so much that the first after reading the first few issues, I, um, I, I think I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna drop it. I, it wow. just Yeah, I don't. It, Does it look rushed? Is is that what it is? Or
2: no, it's got a different I, anchor I, I, on it. I think the anchor is, oh. uh, uh, not Val, but like something. Seekus or Mikis? I think it's...
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's Mikis. Dave Mikis. That's my, it. My, ah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, to be fair, actually, uh, another problem... I mean, I have an issue a little bit with the coloring as well. Um, it's a, it, Especially in the first issue, very, very dark, very hard to tell. And look, I mean, love or hate Ramos, he he is cartoony. And, and I think that... Mm-hmm. Um, I think the coloring can really screw his stuff up especially if it's too dark because since it is cartoony you you know I, it's hard to you know as i say it's just it's just the, the whole package i thought was going to be a home run for me and maybe it was a case of just i had really high expectations of this one but after reading those first few issues i was left completely flat i i, I could care less about the, the story arc i could care less about the villain that they're fighting i i, I really just uh i i long for the days when uh when this book was uh, first getting started, so it's kind of lost the magic for me. But as I said, it was a thumbs up, thumbs down, the thumbs up to Terry Moore's Echo because I, I caught up on the last few issues of that. And uh, and that too, I think, got off to a little bit of a slow start at first, um, but I think that uh, you know he's in full swing now. Um, we 're really starting to see the universe of uh, of of this new series expand a lot of interesting characters are you know appearing from the periphery, and I think have you know if 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 this has the kind of 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 life and um, duration that strangers in paradise had i think there 's a million ways he can go with this um, the action's really i think well paced and uh and, and I, I can't wait for the next issue to come out each month. So thumbs up on Echo, uh, which is, you know, is written and illustrated by by Terry. And uh, I have to say thumbs down on Runaways.
0: It's a nice bit of balance there. It's all about the balance.
3: The yin and the yang, Vince.
0: That's, you betcha. That's going to be my first tattoo, by the way.
3: Oh, I assumed you had okay. plenty of
1: tattoos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no. You're yeah. a freak, no. you know? <laughs> yeah. Chris, <laughs> what, what do you got for us?
1: I'm going to make David even happier. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Uh, not even the, Hanukkah. The Alan Davis <laughs> um, written and drawn uh Thor, the, uh, the True of History, his, yeah. True History last week. Really, really enjoyable Thor story. If you're you know, and and I'm uh, Tom will make fun of me this week. I'm sounding like a an old fart again after the uh, the Spider Man and uh, and X Men. If you are an old school Thor fan. That uh, you know loves the the Norse gods speak and just just likes the you know old school Asgardian crew. It really really fun Thor story. liked it liked it a lot. It's a uh, basically a uh, uh, Thor and uh, and his crew going to um, like two thousand years ago um, Egypt and uh, and. You know, battling uh, Egyptian gods and that kind of stuff. It was it was it was a lot of fun. So yes, Thor: uh, Truth of History by and Alan Davis art awesome. Yeah.
3: Can't go wrong with yeah. that. The man, the no. man, the myth, the legend. It's
0: weird you brought that up because I forgot to buy that today. I put it off last, last week. Mm-hmm. I was going to buy it today and I forgot. Damn it's it!
3: In my pile, I haven't read it yet. It's gorgeous. Really beautiful mm-hmm.
2: stuff
0: mm-hmm. and mark farmer right
2: yeah oh I mean, yeah yeah
0: of, of yeah. course those guys are, are joined at the hip it's like honey <laughs> move over we're gonna make it really it's,
2: it's it's crazy it's a it's a, I remember you know it used to be just him and paul neary on everything right? but Absolutely. it's like since since the 90s it's just him and mark farmer it's like cool i can and farmer's just i mean farmer's talented by himself but farmer just makes Everybody look more smooth and curved and fluid, and he's just—he's an amazing. He's like—he's like the Joe next, ge- exactly. I was just gonna <laughs> say, like the next generation of Joe Rubens, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's gorgeous. I love—I I love the two of them together, man. It's—it's—it's it's, it's good stuff. Cool. I got something. Wish you got? And,
0: and it was—it was a big surprise to me. IDW's GI Joe number zero.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I've heard good stuff about that
0: very good stuff. There's three stories in this Zero issue. All of the uh, creative teams that will be appearing in the monthlies. Mm -hmm. There's a story by Chuck Dixon penciled by Robert Atkins Mm -hmm. Uh, very much in the style of the G.I. Joe we've come to know through DDP and uh, just a very realistic uh, get the job done style by Mr. Aitkins and it, it's it's very very nice to look at mm-hmm. in the second story written by Larry Hama art and color by Tom Feister and, and this is going to be in the G.I. Joe Origins which will be on sale in February mm-hmm. the artwork is uh very much in the animation vein where okay. you, the holding lines are complementary colors based on what the object is they're holding, like on the faces, the the lines that delineate the chin and the the, the cheekbones are of a brownish fleshish color. Uh, like, uh if if a shirt is blue, the mm-hmm. holding lines will be a darker blue. That's uh, that's me. Oh, really okay. cool to see. I like that. It, it's a slick art, and the story features the very first meeting between Hawk and Duke. So they're going back to square one. Wow. They're completely. Uh, I, I don't. Know if they are ignoring the past, or they may do homages to certain things, but the homages will be new events. So it's it's kind of like a what if, yeah, GI Joe in in a way. Uh, but the last story, written by Mike Costa and Christos Gage, drawn by Antonio Fuso. This guy is incredible. familiar,
3: Mario Fuso. It's <laughs>
0: it, it's it's a picture across between Jock's stuff on the losers. And Sean Phillips, uh, Phillips' criminal work. Ooh, and, and you wouldn't be too far behind. Now is this and, the
3: Chuckle stuff? Uh,
0: yes, that's yeah. going to be GI Joe Cobra. Right, right, right. With uh, an amazing uh, Chacon cover. Good and cover. Good Shake Not okay. bad. Not, not okay. bad Chacon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it focuses on Chuckles and uh, just his struggles with the the. I, from what I got out of the story, the uh, fledgling GI Joe organization. So yeah, all in all, for ninety nine cents. Yeah. Uh, heavy, heavy cards. Well, re- relatively heavy cardstock cover, embossed, mm-hmm. and it's got a lacquer overlay on the Cobra symbol. It's a great little issue for a, a buck. It's awesome. And there's a let's say there's a two page piece in the back where Robert Akins goes into his designs for the the revamp Joe's and why why he made the decisions he did scarlet has a chest plate that's body armor which makes a hell of a lot more sense mm-hmm. and she's dispensed with the uh, tights and, and now wears uh fatigue looking uh pants mm-hmm. he took the heels off of the baroness which again makes a whole bunch of sense and uh, then there's a uh, an interview with Dixon, Larry Hama, and Mike Costa, and Christos Gage, two-page interview, uh, basically detailing what their plans are for the mm-hmm. the different books. It's it was really good, very surprising.
1: Yeah, they yeah, got some good talent
3: on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Johnson, well, Andy Schmidt is uh, running Johnson. the running the show. You know, former. Yeah, and you know, for those guys out there listening, Andy I think deserves a lot of credit. When he was at Marvel, he uh, he he was the guy that uh, pulled together the team and oversaw. Um, the first Annihilation, Yeah. which is a lot of great Marvel cosmic books now that that mm-hmm. we we talk about a lot on this show. So Andy's, a, I think, a real quality guy, uh, and uh, I'm excited that you know he's he's kind of got control over what they're doing there. And uh, the other, there's actually some other great news about GI Joe. Uh, it's one of my favorite. You know, when I was. First, getting into comics, it was one of my favorite series, and um, it's actually not the easiest uh, series to find in back issues. Um, and you can, I mean, not if you're willing to pay, you know, decent, uh, you know, price, you can find them. But, but they're not that cheap, actually, to get. Believe it or not. Um, I you know. guess because everybody hoards them. So um, Marvel does, you know, Marvel put out a few trades, but they never really collected the lion's share of the, of the series, which has always bummed me out. And I was unclear as to whether or not IDW had reprint rights. But uh, in looking at this month's previews, it appears as though they uh, they actually do have the reprint rights to that Marvel stuff. So, yep. um, so along with GI Joe number one, which was solicited this month, they solicited uh, a new trade dress of the first. Um, of the first Marvel um, trade, uh, you know, with, with the first, I guess I don't know if it's the first six or eight issues or what have you, but uh, but it looks like they're probably going to be putting out. I hope they're going to be putting out uh, you know future trades because I I for one um, have for a long time have been hoping to uh, to to buy the the rest of the series in trade. So uh, so that's good news too.
0: I shouldn't forget about the colorists because it's top notch color too. The uh, Dixon story was colored by Andrew Crossley. Very moody atmospheric color, really well done. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Antonio Fuso co- um story was colored by Chris uh, Chukri. Really nice job. Yeah. Um, I, I, IDW is ch- ch- going places.
1: He is the colorist on the twelve. Really? Yeah. Oh, is he? was okay. yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris Chukri.
3: Which is new. It started to be yeah. really late. <laughs> What's the story oh, there? Right.
1: Um, yeah, it comes out when it comes out, and you know, it'll be. It's not tied in current Marvel continuity, so you know, I don't care. Yeah.
3: yeah, but I miss it. I was enjoying yeah. it. it was
1: coming out every month. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Hey man, it's a quality book. I don't care. I don't care if quality books, you know, take a little while to come out. As long as whenever they come out, they the the quality stays high that's you know, that's another thing that it we probably don't need to get into but there's a lot of people that get you know, been out of shape about uh, publishing schedules and that kind of stuff hey man there's a lot of good stuff to read out there yeah yeah if, if something as long as it when it comes out it's good I'm cool with that
3: oh yeah, yeah but and it's it, just, it's more and of an issue of you don't want to be left you know if you really like the story it, it's kind of just you know but it's not I'm not taking him to task like, oh, damn it! How dare you be late with the book? I'm I'm just missing it. I was loving Twelve. It. It one of the more surprising <laughs> going, books. I'm not so. going all M guy on him. No, no, no. But uh, you know, I, <laughs> I thought the Twelve was great. Surprisingly, you know, one of the real surprises out of Marvel this in the past. Yeah. Best. So and, and so, I'd I'd love to see how it finishes up. So
2: it's definitely, yeah. it's 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 good. Really good JMS. Mm -hmm. A really good JM has written comic book and the art by Chris Weston and Gary Erskine is, is stunning. And, and the, uh, the emotion that you mean, it just drips off the page. You feel what these characters, like Captain Dynamo, or, I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter who these characters are when they feel them, how they feel about when they come across a loved one that they haven't seen since, you know, before they went out to the second world war. It's just, it's, it is, it's my only complaint. And it's just, for me, because I, I know he's he's kind of writing them in arcs, so it's it's kind of like a four-part story, but that they're collecting the they're putting them in hardcovers at like you know four issues at a time. It, was it the so it's, it's 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 really it's um yeah the premiere hardcover I think the first four oh no no six issues no, it six, okay six, it six. was six issues that's my mistake oh that's just great blame the Jews. <laughs> Although in this case I guess it really was our fault. I uh <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, according to the there was uh This is wrong. it, it, it oh, that's nothing new. Um it's almost I mean it's 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 kind of like there've been a couple issues where they've come out every month but then they're Few issues where it almost looks like it was bi-monthly for a time, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Weston and Erskine are, are rushing through it, and uh, it's it's weird. I mean, they're between Thor, and I don't know if Thor was delayed or if they just didn't want to throw out so many so many Thor books with secret with the Secret Invasion crossover going on, and and uh, and with the twelve not having any sort of real set schedule, it's like if if you're a JMS fan. It's like you're almost you're being teased at times. Sure. sure. For the for the two of you, that still might be JMS fans.
1: Hey,
2: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot more than that.
1: Yeah, he's he's a hell hell of a writer, and yes, uh, I'm he actually, is. I'm I'm looking forward to going out and uh, seeing the Changeling this weekend.
0: I'm looking forward to his take on the, uh, Brave in the Red World, Circle. Red,
2: yes, indeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got, you oh, one guys, more thing about... You know the, the Changeling, the, the new uh, Clint Eastwood the, movie? The Yeah. yeah Yeah. The, the <laughs> written by Written by JMS. Is it really? I did Ooh, not that's know. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I heard she's phenomenal in that. She looks it, yeah. She's
3: phenomenal everything. Well, we'll get into she didn't that. She
0: did not have to open her mouth and she's phenomenal. But then <laughs> no, even, I think just she's one more, th- even more
3: phenomenal when she opens her mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one more <laughs> thing about the the G.I. Joe and I'll shut up about it. Thankfully, and I was very appreciative of this. Mm-hmm. Larry Hama can be a little lingo jargoning heavy jargon heavy at times. Mm-hmm. there are editors references within the the story to tell you what exactly these acronyms mean like there's one part he said he goes into the hostiles hit your column with IEDs and then bracketed you with RPGs and uh, they had intersecting fields of fire set up with a 12.7 mic mics and a 40 mic mic automatic (laughs) GL he tells you exactly what he's talking about Mm so that's cool I mean you don't really have to know anything to enjoy this comic nice it's great somebody take the floor (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's uh who's who's reading no hero me but i i only read the first one so far
2: so the first one or the zero and the first one or the uh
0: actually i got it looks like i got two of them in my dcbs box for this month so i've i've read the zero issue and and nothing beyond so i i have one and two
2: okay then i won't if, I if two even came out it uh two two did come out i read number two uh over the weekend so it, I I do like the premise of the series though, I
0: like it yeah, a lot.
2: Yeah, um, Rips uh, art is um, I think growing on me. It was a little Insane. bit too much. It was Insane. a little too much in Black Summer, and and there's some some scenes in, in No Hero that are obviously over the top and exaggerated. But it's uh, I don't know if it's you know, self restraint or, or or if he's if, if maybe Ellis or someone is is talking to him, but it, it seems he seems to be reining it in a little bit, at least as far as at least the way I'm looking at at things. Is, lined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it's still you know, super detailed.
0: I I can always get a vibe from a Warren Ellis book. Uh, I can tell when he's enjoying working on something and when he's not. Yeah.
1: The, the easiest way to tell is if it has Marvel on <laughs> the outside of it. He's not enjoying it, and it's not know. very good.
0: But the Avatar stuff so far, across the board, uh, I do like some series more than others, but none have ever disappointed me. I- I'd have to place Gravel at the top of the list of my favorites and then Dr. Sleepless and-, and No Hero, basically because I've only read one. Mm-hmm. But uh, that uh, book that came out last week, The Etheric Mechanics, I'm hearing raves about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too. Ditto. What else of his? Um, just can't... It, and it really, it's... Uh, I mean, av- a, good on Avatar for um, being smart enough to, to hook up with this guy and give him basically a publisher. Yeah, give this to, young to, one a break? <laughs> well, um, yeah, give him kind of, you know, cart launch to do what he wants to do and yeah. and um, do a really nice job of, of packaging the, the materials because everything that comes out from Avatar is packaged very nicely. It it's, yep. seems to be a, a publisher that's um, it's come a long way in the last couple of years. It's uh, from really like nowhere to doing some really pretty you know, pretty awesome stuff. And they're getting bigger names all the time. So, um,
0: yeah. Probably the biggest name, judging by this month's previews, there are two Alan Moore books coming out from Avatar. Both of them brand new original works. Nice.
1: And they're from Rantoul, Illinois. So, you got to love them. <laughs> <laughs> or I got so. a
0: and, and the one thing about an Avatar book that I really appreciate—it has weight. They're, their books have presence because you can hold it in your hand, and it's just the the whole tactile experience and the the smell of the ink they use. Chris will, will back me up on this. When mm-hmm. you when you've when you're been when you've been around printing, you can you can smell it and just smell that quality ink. Yeah.
4: mm-hmm. And you
0: don't get that from a uh, big two book. It's it, it's non-existent. But with Avatar, it just the books have. And it is, in addition to the impact of the story and the art, you get this this sensory experience from one of their books that you don't usually get from other publishers.
1: The the, the, better, the better stuff coming out of uh, IDW is like that right now. I'll,
0: yeah, you're right. Uh, right.
1: Fill that with you know Dead She Said and uh, and Lock and Key are two books that you know they just they feel nice and uh, all hail
0: Megatron feels great oh, to me. <laughs> well, speaking and of key,
1: Chris, the uh-huh. new series is starting up. Is it yeah. uh, November? Uh it's in it's this
3: so month's preview, so um okay. f-
0: yeah, for January.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay, so it's it's coming out in January. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I I'm looking forward to it. It's, tons uh, of great stuff by the way
3: in, in this month coming out. Tons, tons.
0: Uh, see, I see. I had the exact opposite reaction. Really? There, there's a Yeah, there, there's a a, a nice base of stuff there's a, a reasonable amount but as far as tons i don't know i don't know
3: Oof, i don't know captain don't, I, omnibus loving it yeah,
0: yeah i have all that I, i'm not gonna buy the omnibus oh, my
3: but,
2: uh,
0: That's cool. uh, for me the second volume of william messner lobe's journey is coming out mm, from, uh, from idw yeah i can't say no to that uh but as far as image goes aside from the the base monthlies that i get Astounding Wolfman, Invincible, Godland, you know, the, the standards. Image this month doesn't really have all that much, aside from the Pax Romana trade.
1: That, exactly. Um, uh, I've been begging yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan speak, they just had an anthology come out today. Um, Liquid, uh, blah, 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 uh, crap, what was it?
0: That came out today?
1: Yes, and I can't remember the full name of it, but it looked great. Um, I'm probably going to pick it up next week so
0: it, very much in the vein of 24 7 yes yeah I, I didn't see that at the shop but i that was one of those deals where i saw it in the previews and i didn't order it because it was one of those huge months unlike this one where it seemed like everything hit at once that last month was a month like that mm-hmm. my my bill was over 200 bucks and i never go that high yeah. but hey. but there were things that i just couldn't resist based on the discount
1: sure can i uh, deviate real quick um
0: you can do whatever you
1: want. I just want to ask you guys. Uh, you watched the 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 coverage last night on on the whole election thing, right? Uh huh. What? The, the, what the, 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 it was an election? Was saying, did did the did the holograms freak anybody else out? Dude, That's I, I said It was like it was like uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching uh, the opening of Star Wars. Obi Wan, you're I do. Right. Little <laughs> a little fucking freaky. I was just like, okay, wow. It's um, you know, it's Age of Aquarius shit. <laughs> yeah, <it> was great. <laughs> CNN was busting
3: out some badass technology. Yeah. I the
1: touch screen
3: the exit polling data and it had it visualized. You know, with the with the with the with the colors and the bars, you could see. You know, it was awesome stuff. I mean, I have to yeah. give him a lot of credit for data it, visualization.
1: Um, do you uh, do you uh, follow Brian Wood on Twitter? Yes. It, it, I was uh, uh, Sal actually told me about this. I, I I need to I need to add him to my my twitter list but uh and we're already seeing the uh the results of the election are affecting comics and uh did did you see his did you see his tweet today about it no it's mm-hmm. uh he uh, said uh that he's having having trouble being uh uh being pessimistic enough to uh, write the next issue of dmz oh West. hilarious
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome
1: so uh you know it's in a weird way i think that uh um you know comics have been one of the one of the few uh entertainment mediums to 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 do protest you know political protest in in what they do so it's uh i, I think I think the election is going to affect comics in in kind of some some interesting ways so you know we talked a lot about you know black summer black summer was very much warren ellis's um protest comic to the the bush administration so it's uh it'll be interesting uh seeing how you know the kind of new day uh that that we're that we're Starting and and how it's going to affect uh, you know the kind of comics that are coming out.
3: No, I was going to say I think uh, there is going to be plenty of reasons that are, uh, our country is going to be in a sad enough state for the next few years that there'll be plenty of things, political or not, to get uh, guys like Brentwood motivated to write sad or depressing stories. <laughs> so I don't, don't drag us down, man. <laughs> I am just saying I don't think you have to worry about motivation because of the election. I I think there is going to be plenty of plenty of other things that. Uh, yeah, he'll, I he'll
0: think begins. I can hear. Grant Morrison right now erasing the end of Final Crisis and rewriting it to include a scene where Darkseid brings a bunt cake instead of just, (laughs) yeah, I'm just going to call everything off. Here's a bunt
3: cake.
1: Can't we all get along? Speaking of Final Crisis, uh, you were
3: railing on uh, Final Crisis Submit last week, or two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I gotta say, I read it. I didn't think it was by any means the greatest comic, but I don't know. I didn't have a real issue with it either. I thought it was a fine, average crossover <laughs> that told a little side pocket story. You didn't need to read it, but I didn't find uh, it.
0: You're, you're proving my, my point right there. Unassuming pocket comic, didn't have to read it. Then mm-hmm. why freaking publish it? Why why take... Well, I know they didn't put a gun to my head, but I paid three ninety nine for that book, and I got nothing more than the two pages... In Final Crisis number, what was it four? That told me what happened.
1: Well, I mean, oh, well, but did, well, you, so did, you, did you did you enjoy stuff. the story? Did you enjoy yeah. the actual no. experience of reading it? I did.
0: No, not really. Okay, I it was not, not all that much. I I'm I'm not railing on it. I mean, the art was. You were railing really, on me. It like, Let me. Now, I, no, I was. I wasn't railing on the art because it's it's very serviceable. It was it was of a certain caliber that w- basically you can't really say it's not good because you it, said it, Morrison it was very let, good
3: and did a bad job. Morrison, Yes. Yeah, Morrison, Morrison phoned did, that issue yeah. in.
0: He did. Come
1: right. on. Well, uh, t- did you guys, it, it was basically, did, did you pick up resist today?
0: I got that today. Yeah. I didn't read it yet. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, so, so, it was sold out at the shop, so I'm going to have to. Really? Other, I, I'm going to have to hit one of the other shops. Um, right. so I wanted to ask you guys that, um, did you pick up uh, Rage of the
2: Red Why is Adventure? David laughing? No reason. So
1: why are you laughing? No, I'm
2: good. No, Chris was talking. Don't interrupt, Mr. Neesman. All
0: right. <laughs> oh. He said, Did we pick up Rage of the Red Lanterns? I would answer Hell yes.
2: I haven't read, I read it yet, yet but too. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh,
1: it's the shit. I really <laughs> it enjoyed is. it. My only question on it, and this is not a criticism, but my only question is did uh, couldn't that have just been a, a Green Lantern one shot? Absolutely. Of course. It's yeah. I mean, the, it, that obviously made it a a final crisis tie-in to to move more copies of it. But uh, I I I got through it and I was like, man, that was awesome. And I was like, and that had absolutely nothing to do with fucking final <laughs> crisis. <laughs> it was it was well, it, was fun. it, it doesn't it, it doesn't have anything yeah, well, to do as far as we know. But uh, right.
0: Well, right now the state of the DC universe, I would have to argue that. Green Lantern Corps, based on what has come before and how well received the the Green Lantern Corps War was, I I think that if they did put a Green Lantern Corps title on it, it probably would have sold just as well, if not better, than if they put a Final Crisis tag no,
1: on it. No, not even close. Not even close. Oh, it, really? It wouldn't have sold near. No, no. You you look at, at at the at the sales of of those Final Crisis tie-ins, and it's. it's
0: an, the first issue of Sinestro core went through three printings yeah
1: well yeah but what was the I don't
0: know how well
3: it sold print. yet but but yeah. right i see chris's point i guess my initial reaction would be with vince though in that the the green lantern i think anticipation for i i'm much more excited for blackest night than mm-hmm. i you know i am i'm enjoying final crisis so i don't know if that's fair to say but but i guess what i'm saying is is i am as excited certainly uh for blackest night based yeah. on Oh, Strength of yeah. Sinestro Corps War. So, I mean, yeah, that story was – and the Shane Davis art, i got to give him some props. Uh, he, oh, he, yeah. he went to town, boy. I mean, the, it, John's – is, you know, I think it's like a, a kid in a, a candy store with some of these artists. I mean, Van Skyver talked about how much fun he had creating the Sinestro Corps War and being able to draw all those various and century characters that came to mind. And you could see that, that Shane Davis had the same time. I mean, for those people that haven't read it, I don't want to spoil, but let me just say, you know, Kitty Cat Fury. I mean, that's the cat that's, is badass. <laughs> badass, I mean,
1: you know. It's just uh,
3: and, and what's cool is um, you know. I think um, I, reading after sinetra Core wrapped up, and then they started this whole um, you know, the Green Lantern origin story. My first reaction was, really? I mean, didn't we just kind of have this from Johns, you know, with Rebirth not that long ago? And I mean, is this going to be just filler until we get to Blackest Night? And and, uh-uh. and, and I have to say, man, I mean, uh, I just finished the the last two issues of that. I was a month month behind or so. And uh, I mean, it's it's and it leads right into Rage of the Red Lanterns. Frankly, uh, it's just phenomenal. I mean, the the layers, you know, Johns is is the master of of the of the intelligent retcon, meaning that you know oh, yeah. he takes he layers in things that are perfectly plausible into pre existing history, and it makes total sense. And he did it again oh, with nice. Green Lantern. I mean, he, he took the origin story that most of us are familiar with, and he added so many layers to the Sinestro-Jordan relationship. You know, he intertwined the the uh, uh, Cyborg Superman, you know, and, and 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 made it clear that, you know, he has long-standing ties with Jordan. He He obviously layered in the the idea of the of the red of the red lanterns into into the very beginnings of Hal Jordan and and it's uh uh it, it was just amazing I mean, really really well done um uh, and and paid off yet again so
0: I I will say if you have played Magic the Gathering at any time what Johns has done for the lanterns he's taken uh whether he knows it or not he has taken colors that their powers and personalities really. Oh mesh well with Magic the Gathering like the Blue Lantern is their enhancers and protectors and uh, the Green Lantern yes Green is aggressive but Hal is very much a builder in a sense an enforcer protector so and the red guys that's the red lanterns are pure Magic the Gathering red. I, I just wish that he would throw some perp, some pink lanterns in there to be the Pepto-Bismol, because I am tired of seeing these red guys puke blood all over the place. <laughs> did, that, did that get to you after a while? Every one of the lanterns are throwing up blood all over the place. It's uh, like, I thought it was, God, it take, was a, take a tablet. Yeah, well, yeah, it's neat, but it's <laughs> how, <laughs> It's how it's vicious. It's like, wow, look at this. These guys to be that. are throwing up blood. I know, throwing up blood in space. It's like, phew, yep. taking an acid.
1: I was purging their system. It was. Uh, I know, well, letting their body be totally taken over by rage. It was. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. It
0: was. And and a nice little tie-in. Let's not say it, but there's a nice little tie-in with the Red Lantern on the cover, to bring it all into the the. Mm-hmm the Lantern universe. That was really cool. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, and, yeah. and, and, you know, Wood nailed it between, uh, you know, Blackest Night and everything that's been going with Sinestro core war and, 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 rebirth. And then you look at, uh, you know, the new Krypton stuff that's going on. Those are the events that I'm enjoying. And, and I, and I, and I yeah. like Final Crisis. It's, it's enjoyable. Um, I'm, uh, I hope everything wraps up, um, well with that, but the you know, quote-unquote events that are going on out there are the the less hyped ones that that Johns is doing with Green Lantern and uh, and he and James Robinson with the uh, with the Superman universe. It's they're big scope comics that are really a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all we got, dudes.
1: Are we are we there? If we
0: we are line, we are more than there. It's one o'clock in these parts. Wrap it up. Anybody got anything to add before we uh, bid adieu?
1: Uh, tell your uh, tell your l c s owners slash managers to to order hackslash uh, directly from DDP. All right. the la- the-, mm-hmm. the last two issues uh if you uh, if you read hack slash or um, know of people that read Hack Slash and it gets ordered into your store through Diamond. The last two issues, because of the, uh, the reanimator um problems, it, it's only available through uh, through Devil's Due. So if you read that book or know someone that does, make sure and tell your comic shops that they need to order that directly from DDP and they can just go to Devil's Due uh, for the information on that.
0: All right, yeah. Say bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye, and, 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 yeah, guys. And do it by... Uh, yeah, buy reanimator. Fuck me. <laughs> 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 Bye, <It's heck>. <laughs> yeah. uh. Buy the Witchblade. Buy lots and lots and lots of copies of Witchblade.
1: Oh, and and no matter who you voted for this last week, uh, good on you. Because uh, it was amazing turnout. So,
0: In terms of comics, I wish I could vote that McDuffie would never, ever leave JLA. Never. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I forgot to talk about it. Maybe next week. Yeah, we'll talk right. about it
3: next week. That's good. That's right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.